Hello and welcome to the First Hand Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown. And folks, we're back with another 2023 NFL Draft prospect interview. I'm joined today by CJ Onyechi, defensive lineman for Colorado State and former Rutgers Scarlet Knight. CJ, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me, Tobias. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm super pumped to have you on. I want to start with, you know, you coming out of high school and the recruiting process. Could you take us through what the recruiting process was like for you and how you wound up at Rutgers? Well, I, I would say my uh, my recruiting process was quite unique because in my town, West Orange, I went to West Orange High School. We weren't, uh, you know, like a powerhouse high school yet. I would because we definitely moved on to becoming one. But um yeah, we weren't like the powerhouse yet. So, you know, I feel like me and my class like really dug deep to really, you know, become a, a winning program and turn the turn the ship around, especially as we assume we've been losing really since I got um, to my high school. So, you know, our class, our, our main thing was to like change the tides and become a better team. And in that, I started getting recognized for my um, – for my abilities, which usually a lot of people from our town really didn't, you know, go go through. Like we don't have any really NFL players that ever went to our high school, or really that not many college players except like my brother and a couple other guys that were, you know, far ahead of me. But um, yeah, honestly, I it was it was a good process. Like um, my first offer was Temple. You know, I, I kind of got offers around the Eastern side like Buffalo you know um obviously Rutgers um like I got all the army schools I was a, I was an Ivy League guy too because I was I was kind of smart you know uh, <laughs> um and yeah I don't know I just like during the process Rutgers was the main people pushing hitting me up you know reaching out the most you know it's close to home so that was a big plus and they played on the Big Ten level which was probably the biggest level of offers I had and that was just the challenge I wanted to put myself in I wanted to play the Ohio States I wanted to play the Penn States you know and um yeah I honestly I just took a shot at it I committed early my junior year people kind of questioned like you could have probably got more offers like you should have waited but I was like I just kind of felt right we were building something at Rutgers too we had a great class coming in and you know I'm glad I'm honestly there's no bad blood with Rutgers I I appreciate everything I got from Rutgers and I was glad I went there because I you know I learned so much about myself I got a great degree and you know it was a great time so you know when you committed to Rutgers they had a guy head coach named Chris Ash who you know folks you know in our area in the Ohio area know Chris Ash because you know he was the defensive coordinator at Ohio State before he took that Rutgers job you mm -hmm. know Obviously, he wasn't there your entire time at Rutgers. At you know, some point he was let go, and Greg Schiano was brought in. And you know, I don't know why Rutgers felt the need to keep stealing Ohio State's defensive coordinator. <laughs> Crab got old really quick. You guys don't need any more of our defensive coordinators. Keep Schiano for a while, but you know, I have to ask you. You know, I, I've had I've talked to a couple guys who have gone through coaching changes at the college level, and we see it all the time. And guys are like, you know, dude, it's scary. Like, I don't know, is my is my scholarship going to be honored? Am I going to have the same role on the team? 
What what was it like when you found out Coach Ash was going to be let go and that they were bringing Coach Shiano back? Well, the, I feel like we had a unique um, kind of go. We had a unique um, story because Shiano had previously coached at Rutgers and was kind of a big deal in the Rutgers history. So a lot of the people like that were still around the program, like some of our um, our advisors, some of our um, some of our even some of our coaches and even some of our um, like our um, what's it called our our some of the just the staff that's involved with the team were under Shiano, so you know we were getting kind of a feel for it. Like I was, I loved Coach Ash. He gave me an opportunity of a lifetime. You know he he helped me become the man I am today. So it was it was hard to see him go. Honestly, he gave a heartfelt spe- speech before he left, and you know. Just moving forward, we were like, all right, we, hopefully the, the next person we actually, you know, win because we, you know, we didn't have the best record with Coach Ash. Um, so asking around about uh, Coach Shiano, we just you get a lot of, you know, you get a lot of mixed reviews. You you hear like he's the best guy, and then some people will be like, he's the worst guy you're ever going to experience. And that that's what made it scary. It was like, dang, should I shake my shot and go somewhere else because I don't, you know, he didn't recruit me. Shiano didn't recruit me. But, you know, I feel like my work ethic and um, just my drive to be good and successful and to do everything for the team, I thought it doesn't matter who what coach comes in here, they're going to respect that about me. And, you know, and, you know, that will lead to my success wherever I go. So I chose to stay. And I mean, we definitely the tie started turning. We started winning Big Ten games like more, more often. Um I definitely left. I left like because for other reasons um, that we'll probably get into later in the <laughs> in the interview. But um, not for sure. The, the coaching change is scary, and that's why I would always always say um, you really have to go to a school for a coach. Like a lot of people nowadays say, you know, go to a school for what the resources are because a coach get fired every day. That also is true. But if a coach does not have the best interest for you, then sometimes it could just lead to a bad situation. So you want to make sure that your coach has a good vision for you as an athlete. And and I think that's a big part of the recruitment process. Yeah. You know, when you talked about the opportunity to play at the Big Ten level, you played a lot of games at Rutgers. Played mm-hmm. a lot of games at Rutgers. Played a lot of big games, including against my Buckeyes, you know. Could, did you have a moment though? You know, is there anyone that stands out where you were like, holy, holy cow, I am lined up across from this guy. I'm about <laughs> to rush this quarterback in a Big Ten football game on TV. Did you ever have a moment like that? Um, I'd probably say like my freshman year, because my freshman year I got I got uh quite a number of snaps, probably like more than most of the freshmen on my team, me and a couple of the other guys, like we were true freshmen. And, you know, I was in there with with Saquon Barkley. I was in there with, you know, um a lot of a lot of greats that that came across my across my way. I got to watch a couple like people in my position, like, you know, Sam Hubbard, like Nick Bosa, like I think Nick Bosa actually had left by then, but yeah, like Sam Hubbard and like other people like that. Um, but definitely I would probably say Penn State 
my freshman year, um, the guy in front of me, um, actually both of the guys in front of me were hurt. Um, and one of them is in the league now, Kamoko Ture. He's on the uh, 40, 49ers now. Um, so he he just came out of the game, you know, had a little bang up. Like, he just had to miss a play, and they just threw me in there. And, you know, I'm a I'm like, I'm a deer in headlights. I'm looking out. I'm like, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I forgot what play was called. You go, Don't ask me what play was called, that, that play I went in, because I do not know. But I just went in there. Um, who wasn't lined up against me? The Penn State uh, tight end, I think Mike Jacecki. He was um, – so we had that game plan for that game. Um, we had to say something when he was – when the tight end was on the ball. And so when he stepped on the ball, like when he stepped on the line of scrimmage, I said whatever we had to say. I forget now. I think it was just like like on ball, on the ball, on the ball or something like that. So he was toying with me. He kept going back and forth off the line. So I just kept shouting, kept shouting, kept shouting. And then it, like they all started laughing, the whole Penn State line. And I was just like, you know what? I got angry. I got pretty angry. So when they snapped the ball, I just totally lost, like forgot the play. I shot the gap and I got a TFL on Saquon Barkley. Like my freshman year, first play, my first play of college football at TFL. So that was a great experience. That was one of those moments where I was just like, whoa, like, this is crazy, but also it made me feel like, man, I could play at this level and I could and I could do what I got to do. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, when you fast forward your last year at Rutgers, you're an act, you're, you know, all academic Big Ten team. You start most of the games at Rutgers. You get to play in a bowl game against Wake Forest. And that's, you know, Rutgers at one point, you know, early on in my childhood, Rutgers was pretty darn good with guys like Ray Rice. The McCourty yeah. twins both came through Rutgers, you know, but Rutgers went through that down period. And for you guys to get back to that bowl game, can you talk about what it was like? I know it didn't go the way you guys wanted to against Wake Forest, but just mm-hmm. the opportunity to get Rutgers back to a bowl game and get to play in a bowl game yourself. Um, well, for one, there's one thing, too. I didn't actually play in the bowl game. Um, I had actually entered the portal right after the season and – there was a lot of stipulation about that because he asked some other guys that already entered the portal to come back. I was one of the guys he didn't ask to come back. So that that's also what we could talk on later on. But, you know, it was definitely um, – it was great that our, like, our senior year, our senior class was the year to really kind of bring us back to a bowl game because there was a lot of, you know, especially when um, – Coach Yano came. There's a lot of talk about, you know, getting new people in. The people we have aren't enough, you know, not from Coach Yano, but like, you know, from the fans and like people in the media, like we need other people. We need different guys. But, you know, our defense, our our guys on defense, our guys on offense are the ones that, you know, brought us to that bowl game. And the leadership was our senior class, our class of 2017. So, that felt that was something like that was just a lot of pride for I had a lot of pride in that because, you know, we didn't need no five stars recruits or anything or any transfers from any big time school to come change the program. We just had the guys that we had from Coach Ash's from, from Coach Ash's staff and we just made something happen. It was definitely thanks to Coach Yano's scheme, though, that we were able to perform way better. But um yeah, we didn't need any new guys or anything. So 
it definitely felt good bringing back to that level. I would love to play in that game with my guys and, you know, go out in the, with a bowl game win. But, you know, that unfortunately didn't go like that. But, you know, it led to bigger things going on in my career. So, you know, I'm still happy about it. You know, and we've talked about you having success playing against Ohio State before. Is there any moments that stand out playing against, you know, Ohio State that you were like, yeah, like I, I can do this. I know, you know, I believe you guys played them in, was it 2020 or 2021? And you had a sack and they were, I believe, ranked number three or four in the country at the time. So what what did that feel like when you're like, hey, these are these are the guys. This is the top of the conference and I'm out here doing my thing. Um, yeah, that year was, uh, was definitely, um, a great year for us. I feel like we, um, we were hitting our stride that 2020 year. Um, other, other programs, you know, were, were going down because of, um, you know, the COVID protocols, but I think our team handled it so well that we were able to even stay, even get better during COVID and let, um, unlike other teams, like, in our, in our division who actually dropped during COVID. Um, so that was great. Like even, I think Ohio State, didn't they play for the college football championship that yeah, year? Yeah, played for the national title that year. Yeah, they, so it was definitely great to play against, you know, competition like that. And I just felt like our scheme, we worked on, we were, you know, we were on them, we were stopping to run. You know, they were getting some passes on us, but, you know, we were staying in there. And one thing, that I love that actually Shiano put in, uh, instilled in us was the chop mentality where, you know, we don't ever give up no matter what situation comes or what, you know, what other circumstances may come. You always just chop the moment and get ready, get right back in it because there's always a chance to be better and always a chance to get better. And as you can see, we did that that game. We had a lot of like even – we were getting uh, posted all up on ESPN for our, the trick plays we were doing that game. Um, even some like calls on special teams. We hit some onside kicks that game that we almost got back. Like it was, um, it was a, uh, it was a, uh, it was definitely um, a great game. I think that was probably my best performance against O State. Um, but every game has always been good to be going against that type of competition and perform at a high level. You know, and like we talked about, you were all academic big 10, you know, you obviously have had tremendous success on the field and have a, you know, immense talent on the field, but what was it like to find out that, you know, Hey, not only am I doing great on the field, but I'm doing great in the classroom and I'm getting rewarded for it. What was that feeling like when you found out? Man, that was, it was an ecstatic feeling because one, I'm Nigerian. My parents take the academics very seriously. Like that was from the jump. Even when I played high school ball, when you go ask you want to go back to high school ball, I actually played football behind my parents' back. And my grades started slipping. And that's how they kind of find out, found out I was playing football. Um, so a lot of debate and a lot of debate and a lot of debate. And they finally said I could play, but I had to have my academics in check. And that from there, academics became such a big part of like my life. And I wanted to, you know, make sure that I was doing a different like doing a, a meaningful major I didn't want to go to college and do like underwater basket weaving like <laughs> or something like that I want to do a meaningful major and I got my um my degree in information technology um and it was pursuing a master's in cybersecurity. um so that's definitely a big thing for me and my family 
And it was great to be recognized for it because I put a lot of uh, energy and effort into that. And yeah, it just meant a lot. You know, and you've touched on it. You did end up entering the portal. So I first have to ask you, cause you know, the portal is a huge deal now. You, I believe mm-hmm. there are more people in the portal than live in Los Angeles right now. So uh, <laughs> I, I first have to ask you, when you entered the portal, did you have any idea that the portal would change the game of college football as much as it has? Um, I definitely, with the, with the new rule where everyone has a one-time transfer, that I, we definitely talked about that and we're like, me and my uh, teammates, and we're like, this is definitely going to change football because – I'm a guy who kind of is built on sticking it out wherever you go. Like, I always feel like God has a purpose for wherever you're at in your life. So you should always stick it out and and stay there. And I felt like I stuck it out. Like, when I signed the paper at Rutgers, I signed for five years to play there, to graduate, and to, pl- to play. And I did that. And I felt like for my last year, for my sixth year, like, I didn't, I didn't like, really quit. I kind of just, you know – moved on for my benefit and I was a graduate I was a graduate too so like I felt like you know that was the perfect way to like you know just transition into a different program and just you know finish out my career in a in a, in a better way so now that the portal is everyone can leave with one time with no no penalty no sitting out it's really like changing college football for Really, I don't know if it's for the better or for the worse yet. Like it's kind of still new, but you know, it helped me in my in my journey. So I'm definitely thankful for it. Um, I know a lot of guys who have been in in tough situations have been helped by it as well. So in that aspect, it's it's definitely beneficial. But for the guys who like who feel like they have to leave because they haven't played because they're a freshman, you know that's not how it works. I feel like you got to, you got to pay your dues. You got to work. You got to work. You got to get big in the off season and you got to, you got to grind for, for your spot. Um, so I don't, I don't really honestly respect when people like just leave after one year, but you know, I hope, I hope all of it for the best with everybody in the portal. Cause I know how it gets, you know, you never know what's going on in, under the, behind the scenes. So, but the transport is definitely crazy. I didn't know that at Los Angeles thing. That's, that's insane. You know, and I have to ask you, because you, you've talked about how, like, you know, Coach Shiana did bring some guys who entered the portal to the bowl game. And, you know, so I have to ask you, what was – when you made the decision for yourself, you know, I'm, I'm going to enter the portal. I'm going to look elsewhere for my final year of college football. Mm-hmm. What was that conversation like with the coaching staff? And, you know, just what were the emotions around that when you decided I'm going to go ahead and look somewhere else for this final year? It was definitely like a rough conversation to have. I think, I think everyone expected me to stay, um, just to finish out my career there. I was doing my, you know, my masters. I could have, um, you know, potentially finished that. Maybe I probably would have had a couple more credits to take, but you know, it was definitely a tough conversation. But um, you know, my D-line coach, he was he was like going to leave. Um, that was probably my fourth D-line coach since I've been here. Um, our D.C. left. That was probably our third D.C. since I've been here. You know, um, and our head coach is obviously this is our second head coach since we've been here. So I've just been through the ringer here 
I would say I think I definitely I was through the ringer at Rutgers and I, I wouldn't trade it for anything, but I was through the ringer and, you know, making that decision was hard because I didn't want to leave my brothers, but I knew for the best, for the wishes I wanted for myself and the dreams I wanted to make happen, I knew I had to go somewhere else. Um, and yeah, some of the coaches didn't take it as well. They didn't take it, you know, that great. And they, some things were said, but honestly, that, kind of just motivated me that it made me think that I was making the right choice because I feel like you know if I I would have regretted it if I was if I had made the wrong choice but ever since I left I I haven't regretted it one bit so you know I'm just glad that I took that chance on myself and uh went to CSU you know you talked about it you you landed on your feet at CSU you know Colorado State Record-wise, you know, folks might say, oh, it was a bad year, you know, three and eight, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good good things going on there at Colorado State. You guys played a really tough non-conference schedule, you know? Yeah. I mean, I got to ask you, how – was there other schools involved in the recruiting when you entered the portal, or was did you zero in on Colorado State pretty early? Um, There were some other schools involved. Honestly, I'm not to be, like – to think too highly of myself, I felt like I was under-recruited in the portal. Like, um, I played in a lot of big games at Rutgers. You know, I had I made my mark. My stats weren't always there, but that was just because of our scheme. Um, was more, like, focused on our linebackers to, like, make the plays. But, you know, I was, I was a two-year starter at Rutgers, and I felt like, you know, I had – I could have still played on, in, you know, in the P5 level. But – but, you know, I, 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 w- I was embraced the journey. I embraced all the other schools that were hitting me up in a lot of uh, good schools, like some like Toledo. Um, there were schools like North Texas, um, other um, bowl game programs that had hit me up. And honestly, Colorado State came in at literally at like the last second. But it was something about how the coaches like, you know, just talked to me and, and told me about their scheme and, and like I looked up their resumes and, you know, it was they definitely their resumes definitely preceded themselves. And, you know, it was a different environment as well, too. From I'm from born and raised from Jersey, so I wanted a new environment. Um, and I felt Colorado was the place for that. So I kind of just jumped the gun when went there. I didn't take a visit or anything. I just kind of committed and just went in and, you know, expected the best and. Yeah, the record wasn't as great, but you could definitely tell that if you watch the games that were building something and all those games were within reach, um, especially in conference. And it's just going to take, you know, like a couple more years or even just a year to really just get everything, you know, locked in and zoned in. And I think Colorado State will be a very great team. You know, and you had yourself one heck of a game against Washington State this year, two sacks, really kind of your, you know, it, to me, it was the performance that sealed the deal that you made the right choice. You bet on yourself. You got mm-hmm. to a scheme that was utilizing you, and you had a really big year this year. Can you talk about what it felt like, you know, to have that coming out party and to show like, hey, I can be the guy on the defensive unit. I can be the elite pass rusher on a defense. How did that feel for you? It felt it felt good. Like honestly, it was it was an ecstatic feeling. Um, 
because I always felt like, you know, that's who the player I was and that's a player I trained to be even at Rutgers. And I felt like that even was my identity, but some, some way, somehow, like I just wasn't being utilized like that. Um, and definitely that game against the, you know, a P5 team, um, you know, you know, a team that we're supposed to be underdogs, you know, and I, you know, went out and did my thing. It just, it did a lot for my confidence, you know, and that's one thing um, that it's hard to, when you, when you lose, it's hard to get back. It's that confidence. So, you know, that was uh, so important for me to gain back. Um, and it led to a great season um, of doing big things. And honestly, that game, I even talked to some of the in-conference guys and teams that we played. Every every time I talked to the O-line, they were just like, we watched Washington State, and we were kind of scheming you off that game. Um, so, you know, that really – that's how it is. Honestly, when you play good, like, people scheme on you, and, and that's why, you know, even – I feel like I even should have had more stats, but a lot of the games were schemed against me, you know, you know, uh, max protection to my side, a running back always coming to me. Like, that was kind of just a natural thing when – but, you know, it was just it felt good to even get that because people were respecting my game and knew that if they didn't double block me, he was going to get back there. So it was great. You know, and your pass rush, you're, you're a very versatile pass rusher. So could you if you could describe the way you play the game of football in your own words, how would you describe it? I would definitely say relentless. You could tell I you could tell I, I knew that answer to that question already because <laughs> but that's just <laughs> That's definitely what I do. I feel like, you know, like like I said, there was times of positions where I was max protected against, where I was, you know, running backs were coming to cut me and do all this stuff. But that never, like, I try not to let those things slow me down. You know what I'm saying? I'm always working a counter, working. I always have a plan in my head. Um, and that's one thing I think coaches can see when they put turn on the film is just, He's a relentless pass rusher. He doesn't stop. He doesn't quit when, you know, he's on the ground. I get back up and I just run back, you know what I'm saying? So that's one word I'll definitely describe it. And like you said, versatile. I could go any any four places on the D-line, any actually any five places. You know, I could go head up, nose, or, you know, three, three tech, anywhere. And I'll and I'm a you're gonna make sure that you're gonna hear about CJ at the end of the game. So yeah. You know, and this is a really good pass rushing class. There's a lot of really talented guys in this class, yourself included. So I have mm -hmm. to ask, what separates you from some of these other prospects that we're we're seeing in this class this year? I just think I um, I have a big toolbox. That's one thing. Like I'm not just one one and done type of pass rusher who you know just relies on a bull rush or just relies on you know just like a speed, a speed rush. Like I could do whatever, you know, if I game plan against a, a tackle, I could do whatever I need to do to really, you know, expose him and, and use my strengths to their weakness. So um, that's one thing I've noticed even this year as I've, we've played different types of tackles, I've been having to switch up my rush plan every week and, you know, I'm always getting back there. So that's one thing I got to, immense toolbox and honestly my size I'm, I'm, a, I'm a shorter guy and my bend usually like a lot of the tackles I go against really can't handle it um so that's one thing that you know I've been 
blessed and cursed with the height. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know, on the next on the next level, I think people will realize that my the way I bend and and the way I use my height as my advantage um, is something that a lot of other guys can't really do. So I think that's what's going to really set me apart. You know, and a lot of people misconstrued, you know, shorter, you know, pass rushers as, oh, if he's a shorter pass rusher, that just means he's a straight speed rusher, which is not the case Mm -hmm. with your game. I mean, you have the speed rush ability. You have the ability to just fire out and get around the tackle, but you have a very impressive, you know, just straight up power bull rush. Can you talk Mm -hmm. about, you know, how you're able to develop your game to where you have all those different, you know, pass rushing tools. What are you, what are you able to do? What are you doing in the weight room on the practice field to make yourself mm-hmm. as versatile as possible? Definitely. Well, um, I work on definitely a lot of lower body, you know, to get that explosiveness and everything I need, um, you know, to just be able to do like bull rushes and, stuff like that, where that people don't really expect me to do. And that's one thing too, like going to go up against like some of these tackles, they're like, all right, let me, let me worry about speed. Cause he's not going to empower me. Like, and that's where I kind of get them. And that's, that's the advantage I use. And that's what I um, like to do. Um, but also, you know, I'm always working on my ankle mobility. Um, turning the corner is one of the biggest things we've, um, me and my coach have been working on since the off season, even to towards the season um, and just getting around and being able to, to drop on a dime and turn and make, you know, turn direction. It takes a lot of ankle mobility. And, and if you don't have it, it honestly can lead to injuries. And that's why, you know, a lot of pass rushers sometimes get injured because they're not as flexible in their ankles or and their knees and hips. So that's one thing I kind of focus on is always, you know, staying loose. I do yoga twice a week, you know, stay limber and loose. Um, I think that's helped me a lot, especially this season. You know, and when it comes to draft season, there's obviously the combine, but there's also a lot of, you know, all-star bowl game opportunities. Everybody knows the senior bowl, but there's some really prominent and really awesome other bowl games. Can you talk about some of the bowl opportunities you are having to get to be a part of with some of these all-star games? For sure. Um, well, I was just blessed to be invited to the Tropical Bowl. Um, that was a great blessing. My uh, One of my former teammates, Gus Edwards, at Rutgers played in the Tropical Bowl, and you see where he's at now. He's a starting running back for the Ravens. Um, so it's a lot of, you know, it's definitely exciting to go against other competition, like the best of the best, and, you know, being rewarded and as in being seen as an all-star in you know college football which I didn't think was honestly was the opportunity like being at Rutgers being like kind of just a role player guy like you could going back I mean a year from now maybe like you probably wouldn't be like he's not getting any game invites or anything like that I've seen a lot of players from Rutgers go without an invite and like I'm just so blessed to to get one and I'm even being considered for the hula bowl so we're just keeping our fingers crossed for that one um and we're just trying to make the most of any opportunity we're given. And that's that's just, you know, the way I'm wired. And that's how we're going to make it. You know, and you alluded to the amount of defensive coordinators you've played in and the different defensive schemes. And, you know, to a lot of scouts, that's going to be seen as a positive because 
A, you know, you've played in a lot of different schemes. You know how to play multiple positions and can be utilized in several different ways. But you also have to have some off-the-field knowledge of how to dissect a playbook, how to study film. <laughs> can you talk about how, A, playing for that many coordinators has helped you as a prospect, and B, some of your study habits off the field, whether it be playbook or film, and how that helps you as a player on the field? Um, definitely. Um, playing for the three different coordinators, um, it definitely was, um, I feel like, helpful for my journey because a lot of them saw me as um, like a different player each time. So it was definitely like I had to prove myself each time going, like working with them. And even though sometimes it was frustrating because I was like, I proved myself with the other guy, you know, I got to prove myself again. Like, but it was, it just kept like, it kept me on my toes and it, and it helped me, you know, be uncomfortable. I mean, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, they utilized me in different ways. Some, sometimes I would stand up and sometimes I had my hand in the dirt. I think that's big. Um, as we go to the NFL, you know, knowing that they could, I could put my hand down in certain situations, but I could also stand up and, and rush off the edge and also drop into coverage whenever I'm needed. So I think that's big. Um, I'm sorry, what was the other part of the question? I got, I got lost. No, yeah, for sure. So with all that, you know, obviously you have to study a playbook. I mean, when yeah, you're getting that sure. many new coordinators, you're studying the playbook, <laughs> but you're studying a lot of film. So what are your study habits like off the field when it comes to playbook and film, and how does it help you perform so well on the field? Yeah, we definitely, um, especially this year, we we um, I helped my uh, D-line coach kind of instill this new um, film-watching um, routine uh, with our D-line so that it could we could, by the time Saturday came, we were always ready for the O-line. So Monday, we would watch, you know, their primary runs, their A runs and their B runs, and we would study those, you know, drastically. And by the next day, you know, he's quizzing us on, you know, what are their tendencies, what are their favorite runs, you know, on certain uh, parts of the field, what are their other, what are their favorite runs to run. Um, and then on Tuesday, we watch, you know, just personnel. We watch old linemen, you know, who are we going to go up against? I usually just watch the whole online because, you know, I'm, I'm, I could go to center from center to, you know, to three to an end. I could I play it all, so I watch everybody, um, and you know we create a pass rush plan, um, and do what we have to do against them. Use find out their weaknesses, um, and you know it's that's what's really helpful by game day because you know exactly what you're going to do to each person, um, and then. Lastly, on the last day, we kind of just go over everything again and before our quiz, and we get a quiz um, before every game. And I think that's helped me to kind of create this routine on how to, um, you know, just become a better player and to, and to use, like, to use um, the film and my note-taking to, you know, excel at an even better level and be able to um, perform at an elite level. You know, and I have to ask you because, you know, these NFL teams, you know, when you enter the draft, you know, you're going, you know, you're going up against guys who are just elite talents on the field. And a lot of times what separates a guy who gets drafted and gets an opportunity from a guy who doesn't is off the field stuff or, you know, character. So mm -hmm. if one of these 32 NFL teams takes a shot on you, what are they getting 
from CJ Onyechi, the person? They're getting a passionate, committed, uh, you know, Christian man who, you know, has so many values. I value family and I value brotherhood because all, all a lot of these things are, you know, aren't available to, you know, people who don't really play football because football is, is a sport like no other because you have to rely on your brothers. We have to rely on, you know, your teammates. So that's one thing they'll get from me is just committed guy and a, and a leader. Honestly, I felt like um, my time at CSU and Rutgers, I grew into the leader like that I always wanted to be. I always grew up with a lot of uh, mentors and people I looked up to, like my father and my brother, who, you know, played college sports as well and taught me the ropes of how to, you know, you know, keep your body right, you know, work out and have that mentality that no one's going to beat you. Um, and playing other sports like basketball and soccer as well taught me that. So, you know, and so, and some, and then naturally people just see me as a leader. So I think that's something I could bring to a team that, you know, is beneficial. And that's something that I could sell, you know. You know, and I have yeah. to ask you, because you were in college when NIL became a thing and, you know, guys could start finally being paid like they should be, you know, profiting off of their name, image, and likeness. So what was sure. it like in the locker room when you guys find out, holy cow, I don't have to eat ramen for a fifth straight day. I can actually <laughs> go get a deal and I can start making some money. What was, it, what was NIL like when you found out and how big of a game changer was it for you guys? Um, it was exciting. Like we've all we've heard about like stories like um, what's the guy who was on the Saints, the running back, how he kind of had to give in away his Heisman trophy. Oh, Reggie because, Bush. Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush. He had to give away his Heisman trophy because he was taking money. So like it was an opportunity that wasn't taken lightly. We realized that people before us could have been taking so much advantage of this. So we had to, you know, take advantage no matter what it was. And um you know, it was cool. Like, I got a couple opportunities with NIL that were, um, honestly, they were they were really life-changing. Like, a lot of the times, you know, that you would be struggling for a meal, you didn't have to struggle because, you know, you had some some other money coming in. And um, it was definitely a great way to, to network and to market yourself and create your brand. And that's something that I'm big on. I'm big on creating a brand and marketing yourself. Um, so that was huge. But it, there was also some bad sides to NIL because, you know, there was a little jealousy on the team when some guys were getting some some big deals and other guys weren't really getting anything. But, I mean, I, NIL, is what's great about it is it's, it's all in your hands. Like, you can create anything. I've seen guys that are D3 that have 50 NIL deals under their belt. Like, it doesn't matter what school you go to. It doesn't matter what, like, program you're in like you could always find a way and obviously the bigger schools you're always going to get bigger ones because you know it's just the publicity and the marketing but you could always market yourself and make yourself more uh notarized so i'm i was excited and I'm, i can't wait to see where nil even goes further i feel like there's bigger things on the way did you have any friends or teammates who had some like crazy just absurd nil deals um well Rutgers mainly um, some guys at CSU had some, but um, they kept it kind of under wraps, which is understandable. Like you could do that, you know, there's no no issue with that. At Rutgers, um, we had a we had one of our um freshmen come in, a freshman quarterback. You know, he was a real deal, four star, um, coming in, 
And there was always rumors stipulating what he was getting. You know, the media was talking about like six figure deal, you know. Um, and then one time we were talking to him about it. He was like, was it, is it really six figure? Like, he was just like, he was like, uh, uh, it might be a little, little bit more than that. I was like, oh, so we were, I was just like, damn, this is getting crazy. <laughs> so like, it was definitely um, cool to see that someone on our team was getting that. Cause you know, we hear being in the big 10, you hear about everybody like the CJ Strouds and um, you know, like all the people, all the big names and getting like million dollar deals and gifting their team, like all Jordans and stuff. Like it's, it's crazy, but I'm glad that it's coming. Um, it came to Rutgers and it's going to be everywhere soon. I feel it. You know, and on this show, we love to give advice to high school athletes, you know? So I have to ask you if you could give advice to a high school kid who maybe, you know, things just aren't going the way they thought they were, you know, maybe they committed to a school and it's not going the way they thought, or maybe, you know, they're not getting offers that they thought they were going to get. What would you tell that kid about, you know, just that whole situation and give them some advice for it? I would say never lose your confidence, never lose your drive to be the player you want to be. Um, one thing I always say is that the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So, yeah, things might not be going the best right now, but that doesn't give you an excuse to, you know, to lay back to, you know, woe is me. Things aren't going my way, so I'm just going to relax. Nah, that's that's the turn. That's the time to turn up when people are doubting you, when things aren't going your way. That's the time to turn up. And that's what's helped me along my process, because, you know, my process was the least beautiful process. Like it was ups and downs, roller coaster the whole way. But I stayed true to myself and I and I made sure that everything I did was, you know, up to par and up to a standard that I could be OK with at the end of the day. And I would look back and not regret it. So just that's what I would give advice to them. Do everything. Don't do anything the way you do everything. I mean, do everything the way you do anything. You feel me? So that's one thing, a quote I live by, and I hope the high schoolers would use that too. You know, and to end the interview, CJ, I got to ask you, you know, the goal is is to hear your name on draft night. One of these 32 NFL teams takes a shot on you. So tell us why. Why should one of these 32 NFL teams bring in CJ Onyechi? They should bring in CJ Onyechi if they want to win. Honestly, I'm a, I'm a baller. I'm a, I'm a great teammate. I'm a leader. And I'm, and I know what it takes, you know, to win, even though I've been around some losing programs, you being around those, you know, you know what it really takes to win and you see what it really takes to win. Um, and I think I can bring that to a team, a, a guy who's all about the team and, and knows, and knows himself and doesn't have to, you know, look to others for approval or look to, you know, anybody to, for any, you know, guidance or anything. I'm, I'm, I'm already there. I'm already there. And, you know, I'm a Christian guy as well. And I'm, I'm based, everything I do is based on my faith and my, um, my love for God. So, you know, being, I feel like being that guy on a team would definitely be beneficial for any team. So take your chance on CJ on Yeti. CJ, man, I've had an absolute blast having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been a pleasure. For sure. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, for sure, man. And, folks, that's all we've got for you guys this time. That was CJ on Yechi, 2023 NFL Draft Prospect. Like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one.